Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Destiny. Now here's your host, Cliff Dunning. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well this week. Here in the United States, we celebrate Valentine's Day on February 14th, and that is a chance to think about our loved ones, current relationships, sometimes past relationships. And whenever we be begin to think of intimate relationships, we can deal with pain, uh, hurt. Uh, hopefully most of it is, is positive memories of uh, current and past relationships. But today we are speaking about an emotion uh, and resolving uh, painful emotions through forgiveness. And over the years, uh, as a conference producer, I have had the opportunity to feature a number of noted uh, authors who speak on uh, forgiveness. And it's really developed into a program or a function of, of releasing in, uh, pain and emotions that are not serving us anymore. And and the and as you're going to hear today from my guest, forgiving yourself just in general can release all kinds of hidden hurts and pains and baggage that has been lingering that you may not even know exists. And I I got a, a, a quite a bit of information from our guest today. And I was curious as to how many dimensions forgiveness can delve into. And as we'll hear, the book we're talking about today is Healing the Wounds of the Heart, 15 Obstacles to Forgiveness and How to Overcome Them. So uh, obviously the person who's writing this book is Olivier, let me give you his name, Olivier Cleric. He's a Frenchman. I was uh, quite impressed with with this work. He's been around for many, many years. Uh, and I 
I learned quite a bit. And when I say that, I mean, we hold so much. We don't even really realize that we hold a lot of baggage, a lot of pain and, and anguish and hurt. Uh, and it can be anywhere from being raised as a child, your parents, your interactions, your relatives, to, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Valentine's Day, past relationships, even current relationships where there's been hurtful words spoken, there's been uh, interactions, and you or your your partner may have had a bad day or a bad week, <laughs> could be longer, and hurtful things are said, hurtful actions are received, and this impacts us. And we are emotional beings. We're not just uh, blocks of cement, you know, that walk around. Our emotions are extremely important. And if we're walking around with baggage, painful baggage, and we don't clear this, this can affect not only our, our uh, way, the way we look at life, how we interact with others, it can really uh, affect our, our livelihood, our relationships, and our health. And I was thinking during this, uh, this interview, in fact, I, uh, what came up for me was the pain that I had felt with my father. And my dad was a Second World War veteran, and he suffered through the war. I mean, his childhood was not great either, but he came uh, uh, back from the war profoundly affected. Uh, and not only did he have physical wounds, he had deep-seated emotional wounds and a lot of uh, trauma that m most, not most, but a lot of servicemen uh, had returning from the Second World War. Now, we've... Since that time, we've learned from Vietnam and other regional wars that the trauma not, is not just inflicted by the uh, bombings and killings and, and just the attitude you have to take as a military person. It affects these men and women on a profound level and forever changes them for the most part. And so I didn't have... When my dad... Uh, came back and he had my my brothers and myself great provider a wonderful guy but he wasn't all there in terms of emotional availability and and I was thinking about this today how angry I was and and the importance of forgiving him for not being more available emotionally not being more available to to point the way and to to help me prepare for adulthood in my case, I, I, I felt, you know, that both my parents kind of left me high, high and dry and unavailable to educate me on, on how, to lie, how to live, how to uh, interact with others. I think and, and in many ways I was on my own to, to just blaze my own trail. And I think to this day, I, 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 would, I would say that this is something that has been a problem for me. And I had to blaze my own trail. Uh, I had to make my own way without a hell of a lot of guidance, you know. My grandfather was a huge influence on my life. I think I've mentioned that before. He was very worldly and very, had a great perspective on, on uh, uh, the, the world as a whole. 
My dad, not so much. My mother, no, not so much. <laughs> so today, when I was interacting with our guest, you know, he's asking me, you know, is there somebody that is in your life? And I pretty much just gave it up. I said, yeah, it's my dad. I, I'm just very angry with me. And after the interview, I was thinking, yeah, this is somebody who I need to forgive. And one of the things I that happened after I was thinking about this, after the interview was over, is what a relief it was to to, to reach out. And he had, my, my dad passed away in 1991, a long time ago. But just the energy around saying, I forgive you, I release this anger, didn't automatically release the anger. I still have more to do. But this this whole phenomenon of releasing hurt, anger, frustration, sadness, depression around others, around events, is really critical. And I began to feel this uh, after this kind of a meditative state of forgiving my father. So today we are delving in on a real deep level. We're understanding how hurts and pains of interacting with others, of having events that cause us upset, depression, hurt, is important to release from our psyche. And as we begin to release these issues, we free up more space for enjoying the human experience. That's all I can. That's the only way I can put it. The human experience of interacting with others, to feeling love, to enjoying, and and uh, being in fulfilling relationships. Not only with our loved ones, not only with the ones we're intimate with, but our friends, our relatives, and even acquaintances. You know, when you meet somebody for the first time in a business situation, in a, uh, a party, at a conference or whatever, uh, being able to access yourself fully and to deliver that in a conversational style, in a meeting style, whatever you want to call it. So my guest today is Olivier Cleric, and the book we are talking about is Healing the Wounds of the Heart, 15 Obstacles to forgiveness, and how to overcome them. Listen real closely to this program. And uh, it's a little deeper than normal uh, destiny, but we need this. We really need these kinds of uh, insights and uh, to listen to these experts on who and what we are on a physical, emotional and spiritual level. In this fast-paced world of ours, you know, we are looking at 
surviving, we're looking at existing, nine to five existence, our kids, our family, our relationships. But on, on a personal note, and I'm talking on my own, I, I, I looked at my, my past and what's been influencing me and the things that hurt me, the things that were important and, and things that influenced me. And there's a topic that we're going to talk about today, which is forgiving our path, forgiving individuals, forgiving events, things like that, and the importance of forgiveness. And I don't think we talk enough about this. I think we're so busy and so preoccupied, we don't realize that we are extremely sensitive to how people judge, speak, direct energy towards us in the form of language, in the form of actions, and and the results can be devastating. I, I speak about this because I had a very difficult childhood, and my father was very, very hard on me. I was the oldest of five boys. And to this day, I, I still have anger towards the way I was treated. And this topic we're talking about today, forgiveness, is something I need to address a little better and look at the way I was treated and perhaps forgive my father in, in a number of ways. The The book we're talking about today is Healing the Wounds of the Heart, 15 Obstacles to Forgiveness and How to Overcome Them. My guess is Olivier Cleric. He is coming to us from France. And I got to tell you, he's got a very impressive uh, background. He's a writer, translator, editorial consultant, and a workshop leader. He's written 25 books in 17 different languages. And he uh, is the founder of international uh, of the International Program Circle of Forgiveness. And he had quite an experience uh, with one of my favorite authors, Don Miguel Ruiz. We're going to talk about that in a second. And this is really, really a critical program for uh, for many of us, and especially me. So, Olivier, welcome to Destiny. Great to have you with us. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be uh, on your show, please. Talk to uh, us about forgiveness. When we talk about that topic, are we talking about forgiveness for our own sake, our own healing, or does it branch out into the person who is directed towards uh, this forgiveness? Well, that's an excellent question because actually I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what forgiveness truly is. And these misunderstandings are one of the main reasons why so many of us find it so difficult to to reach forgiveness. So, yes, I think um, one of the ways that I define forgiveness, I say it's the healing of the wounds of the heart. We've all had our hearts hurt in many ways, uh, sometimes during early childhood, sometimes later, teenager, young adult. And so we find ourselves as adults with all these wounds around our bodies, and we just don't know how to heal them. And something we need to understand is that forgiveness will allow us to heal our own wounds. So the, the first person to benefit from forgiveness is the one who's uh, reaching it. Um, and I think if we understand just that, that forgiveness is first and foremost a gift we make to ourselves, it changes our whole understanding of what it is. Okay, so talk a little bit about the 
the healing process. It, I, you, you heard me open this uh, program by saying that I had uh, noted the interactions I have with my own father, mm-hmm. who has long passed. He passed in 1991. And I felt anger towards him. I felt uh, resentment. And so by forgiving him, what am I, uh, what am I achieving in terms of my own emotional makeup? You're achieving freedom. It allows you to be free of the anger, free of the hurt. It, it gives you back the possibility to love, the possibility to be fully happy. Uh, you know, when I, when I talk about healing the wounds of the heart, we've all experienced being wounded in our physical bodies. And we know if the wound is superficial, we just know how to handle it. If it's a deeper cut or wound, we go to the hospital, we find someone to, to heal that wound. So we know exactly how to handle a physical wound. But when it comes to an emotional wound, then we have that strange idea that it's the person who has done wrong to me that has the power to heal me. So I can wait for years and months and decades for someone to come heal me without realizing that the power to heal, the power to be free, the power to be happy again is in my own hands. The key is in my own pocket. So uh, yes, forgiveness. Uh, I've seen thousands of people over the years whose lives has been totally transformed and changed to an amazing level because they found a way towards forgiveness. That's fascinating. So how do I, uh, Olivier, how do I go about addressing the forgiveness? Do I close my eyes and imagine my father standing in front of me and just say, Dad, I, I forgive you for hurting me? Or, I mean, cause that sounds a little selfish to me. But maybe that's how it goes. How, how how do we address the mechanics? Well, that's 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 the main question. And how how do we do it? And you know, uh, I like to uh, compare always uh, the physical and the emotional, the physical wounds and the emotional wound. If I'm sick, if I have a physical ailment, I know I can heal with essential oils, with homeopathy, with allopathy, with phytotherapy. There exists a dozens or maybe two uh, dozen varieties of uh, medicines that are available to most of us today. Well, the same thing applies to the wounds of the heart. And this book, Healing the Wounds of the Heart, is my second book on forgiveness. The first one, The Gift of Forgiveness, also published by Inner Traditions and Finhorn uh, in 2010. Uh, I was explaining this this founding experience that I had in Mexico with Don Miguel Ruiz, who taught me one amazing way to reach forgiveness, which led to the circle of forgiveness program that you mentioned. But I realized that there are other paths, other ways. And so in this second book, I wanted to show my readers that there was a variety and that's they may use, for instance, you're in California. Well, in California, you have Dr. Fred Luskin, uh, who holds the the, the Stanford uh, Forgiveness Program? Hmm. He wrote a book called Forgive for Good, and he has a, a, a his uh, his method is called the Nine Steps to Forgiveness. This is a great way to reach forgiveness. Then you have Colin Tipping. Colin Tipping created Radical Forgiveness. This is also fascinating. I mean, both of them, uh, Colin and Fred, 
I invited in France to a huge uh, conference I used to hold around forgiveness. Both of them came and shared their wonderful tools. And then uh, the fourth and last method that I present in my book is Ho'oponopono, the uh, Hawaiian forgiveness method, which is also a fantastic tool. So, you know, the idea is that forgiveness is more important than the specific way that you'll uh, use to reach it. And I want readers to feel free to use my own way, circles of forgiveness, or what I call the gift of forgiveness, or to use radical uh, forgiveness, Colin Tipping, or the nine steps to forgiveness, uh, Fred Luskin, or the Hawaiian way, Ho'oponopono. Wow, that's great. You offer a lot of different opportunities. Olivier, why should we give a damn about forgiving people? You know, I mean... I don't like that person anymore. They hurt my feelings. I'm not going to think about them. Who cares? If it were that simple. Look, the way we are designed. Our heart here is in between my head and my hands. So if my heart is sick because I have all this anger, all this resentment, all this pain uh, and grief in my heart, then not only does it affect my emotional life, it also affects my thoughts. Try to make positive thinking with a heart that is wounded. It doesn't work. Plus, the heart will also affect my health. We talk about psychosomatic illnesses, and we don't realize that these illnesses are the result of emotions, not our thoughts or emotion that have been, you know, sort of uh, imprisoned inside of, and, and that make us sick. Uh, Colin Tipping, the late Colin Tipping, used to work a lot with people that had really bad uh, heart pathologies, cancer and other things. And he realized that so many times it was because these people had something they had not been able to to forgive. And we're, we're condemning, we're judging no one when saying that. I mean, most of us just don't know how to do it. And, and what I'd like to say to, to those listening to, to us is that there are ways to forgiveness. Some of them are amazingly simple. It may take some time, but it's so much easier to do it when you have other people, when you have someone to show you the way. And today we have such a wide variety of ways of reaching this healing of the heart. So... You, you you brought up a good point. Someone who is angry that doesn't know where the anger is coming from or perhaps is depressed and doesn't know why they're depressed. But are you suggesting that they should seek their trigger to the anger, to the, to the hurt feelings, and the trigger being that individual who perhaps as a child uh, was rude to them. It doesn't have to be a child. It could be somebody who is in your, uh, in your space emotionally, an ex relationship of some kind who has hurt you, but you may not know that you're hurt. Mm -hmm, You have great anger for them. Uh, How do we go about identifying the, the source of the, the anger? Well, again, a good question. And I'll tell you one thing. What makes uh, this Circle of Forgiveness program so successfully, it exists today in 15 countries, is that people come for two to three hours 
and they are going to experience something. They're not going to think about it. They don't have to tell this, their stories over again. They don't need to share again their pain and their suffering. But the, the, the four-step process that they are going to experience will allow them to release something to to have the wound uh and, and you know sometimes we have those uh abscess that are full of i think you call it pus in, in english we need to release that imagine that you you've been walking in the woods and suddenly you you have something stuck a, a little piece of wood stuck in your foot do you need to know from what kind of tree it came and how long that tree has been growing in that forest no all you need is to have this thing removed from your foot and then your foot will heal. So sometimes we spend too much time trying to understand, trying to intellectualize things. Yes. Whereas all we need is to finally let these emotions that, that are stuffed in our heart find a way to be released. And then, I mean, everything changes the way I feel, the way I think. And even my health may change uh, after that. I've seen that countless times. We're going to talk about some case studies a little bit later. I'm going to ask you to provide a few case studies of people who have used forgiveness techniques and kind of the before and after. Um, you give uh, examples of, of different techniques in, in the book. Can you give us just kind of a hint at some four steps? You just mentioned four steps. Uh, of uh, identifying uh, and then passing through a forgiveness technique and then acknowledging a release or something. Can you just give us the basics? Uh, yes, I, I can share you with, uh, with you the, the basics uh, of what I call the gift of forgiveness, which is the name that I gave to this life-changing experience I had with Don Miguel in, in Mexico. Um, four steps, because the, the first step he asked me to ask forgiveness from the group that was there. We were about 20 participants to, to this, uh, to this workshop back in, in 1999. And, um, and so it, it seemed kind of weird at first because I was asking forgiveness from people I had no particular issues with. We were just together for like two days. But at some point I realized that it was like asking forgiveness from a sample of humanity. There were people of different ages, different genders, different uh, uh, origins. And uh, it, it became a, a very powerful transpersonal experience to look each one of them in the eyes and just say, please forgive me. And I could feel that something was being released in me by just these simple words, please forgive me. It was like part of me was saying, I, I don't want to hold grudges. I, I don't want to keep these feelings inside of me. So even that first step was already pretty powerful. And then Miguel asked me to ask forgiveness from my scapegoats. The, our scapegoats are all the people, all the, the organizations, uh, all the groups that we demonize. We turn them into demons. And we feel justified in hating them. We read the papers in the morning, we turn on the TV, and we are told who we can hate during the day, who we can send our angers and negative feelings towards. And Miguel tells me, ask, ask forgiveness from them because you're using what they do, what they say to keep your hearts shut. Now, this uh. is... This is so amazing. I'm not responsible of, of what other people are doing in this world. But 
but I am indeed responsible of the feelings I decide to hold. Yeah. And uh, I realized that by making this second request of forgiveness, I was, you know, freeing myself on, on another level. Then third step, Miguel says, now ask forgiveness from God, from, from what is bigger than us. For some, it's God, from other, it's life, it's nature, the source, the universe. Ask forgiveness from what is greater than us, because he said, even that we can use to keep our hearts shut. And when he said that, you know, I remembered, I've heard people say, well, where is God when, when a child is, uh, is, uh, raped? When, uh, where is God in Syria, in Ukraine, in, in the, in the places on this planet where there is war and, and catastrophes? And when we do that, we are using God, you know, to keep the same feelings, the same emotions inside of us instead of opening up. Hmm. And fourth and final step, and, and Miguel was nice because he told me this is going to be the most difficult. And he said, now I ask you to ask forgiveness from yourself. And of course, that's the most difficult because... Most of us, I mean, we can forgive a friend, a spouse, a child, but so many people say, I'll never forgive myself for having said this, for having done that. We are so critical, so judgmental towards ourselves. It's amazing. And we, when we reach that final step, when we reach self-love, self-respect, self-forgiveness, then everything changes towards others as well. Wow. What's the language of forgiveness? Is it as simple as I forgive you or does it need to be more in depth to bring in more of the emotion, more of the visceral sensation of that anger, of that hurt uh, directed at you? Well, the very strange thing and, and very counterintuitive thing is that if you heard my story, uh, Miguel never asked me to forgive four times. He put me in a position to ask forgiveness from others, ask for, from forgiveness from my scapegoats, ask forgiveness from God, ask forgiveness from myself. Now, that is pretty amazing because we're all trying to forgive. And here is someone who is teaching me how to ask for forgiveness. Why is it? Why is there this turnaround? Well, because if I feel justified in judging others, then I feel uh, that then I, I, I'm stuck into my judgments. I'm stuck in my negativity. And the more I judge, the more I will be in need of asking forgiveness. But when I manage to ask forgiveness, it's like everything opens up inside. And I've seen, you know, uh, again, thousands of people experience that. And when the circle starts and they start saying this to the person facing them, suddenly all the tears flow. Some, something finally is released. You know, we say, I hold a grudge and we hold it and yeah. we hold it so much we can be free. And we say, I forgive, give. There's the word give in forgiving. So it means that something is given, something is released. And it's the same uh, verb in German. It's the same verb in French. There is always this this root giving, forgiving. If we keep holding, holding our grudge, holding everything, then then we poison ourselves with all this this stuff that we can't release from our heart. Yeah, talk a little bit more about your meeting, Don Miguel. For those of you who don't know who he is, 
he his his most famous book is the four agreements uh but i think he even would say that he's kind of a shaman uh in many ways and has influenced a lot of people but did he invite you to come and see him in new mexico america or or what what were the circumstances behind your meeting and by the way for those of you listening uh olivier uh pretty much talks about this in the first part of his book so something yes. to consider well, uh, you know, I, uh, I used to work in a publishing house in Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, through a friend in New Mexico, um, I discovered the four agreements back in 1998. And luckily, Don Miguel was not yet uh, as famous as he is today. So I, I was able to buy the French rights of his book and to translate and publish it oh, in French. Right, right. Yes, yes. And I always say I don't translate authors. I don't publish, uh, no, I don't translate books. I don't publish books. I publish authors. I like to meet the man or the woman behind the book. I've done that ever since I was 21. And I went down to uh, North Carolina to meet Robert Monroe, who had written oh. out of body experiences. I wanted to meet the guy. I wanted to, to follow a workshop with him. Yeah. So. I did the same with the, with Don Miguel, and uh, the next year in 1999, this same friend in New Mexico organized a trip to Teotihuacan in Mexico for uh, a group of French-speaking people. So I was just part of a group, and uh, I had no intention of doing anything around forgiveness. The program was not about that. It was about the four agreements, and so it, it all came as a huge surprise to me. Did he do ceremony at Teotihuacan? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, did you guys climb the, the pyramid of the sun and get a chance? Yes. To, oh, very cool. Yeah, we 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 made the the ten different steps leading up to the pyramid of the sun that you find, for instance, in in the first book published before the Four Agreement that is called Beyond Fear. Yeah, I don't know that book, so oh, it's a very interesting book. So he he kind of uh, intimated uh, during that workshop. Uh, the importance of forgiveness is this kind of the uh, kick kickoff for you on on uh, the forgiveness techniques. Well, the the strange thing is that I was the only one to experience that with him um, uh, among the twenty participants that we were. The whole thing maybe lasted like uh, half an hour or an hour, uh, but but it it was a, a life changing experience, and uh, the rest of the week was on, on on many different issues but for me this particular moment there was you know before that and after that the, it really changed my life hmm. what happens to us uh physically emotionally and spiritually take one each talk a little about about each when we release when we forgive what happens to us well, um, emotionally first, because that's the, the, the most obvious and, and immediate uh, answer. Uh, suddenly we feel, we feel open. We feel free. You know, as long as we hold these grudges, this anger and everything, something is shut, something is tight, something is closed inside. And suddenly you feel this huge release. There is a lot in common between forgiveness and letting go. And I could also add grief because somebody said that uh, grieving is, is giving up any hope of a better past. But, excuse me, forgiving 
is giving up any hope of a better past. It means oh, yeah. letting go of the idea of the perfect childhood, letting go of the idea of the perfect couple, letting go of the idea of the perfect whatever, and finally accepting whatever life has given us and being able to do something nice and great with it. Hmm. So by giving up this this pain, this hurt, resentment, anger, you're actually freeing yourself up to be more of who you came to be here on earth in this exactly. incarnation. Exactly, because it allows love to flow again freely through your heart. It's no longer half half shut. There are no longer obstacles inside. So love is able to run through you. And because it runs through you, then who benefits from it? Of course, the closest person to you, your wife, husband, kids, colleagues, because if you start uh, having a, a heart that is healed, a heart that is open, then the first to benefit from it are, of course, the, the closest people around around you. And then you asked what was the incidence on the physical. Well, I don't say this too much because I don't want to look like I'm selling a, a Harry Potter's wand, you know, something magic. You come to a circle of forgiveness and then everything is healed. But I could write another book on all the cases I've seen where people have seen their health condition change radically over the weeks and months that followed deep forgiveness work. Yeah, that's a very good point. I want to talk about that in a minute. If I may add something. Please. uh, If you open a newspaper in the morning and you look at every single page from the first to the last, there'll be a page on politics. There will be pages on economy. There will be pages on social issues, pages about ecology, maybe pages about other, other things. But if you, if you look behind the surface on most of the article and most of the pages, you'll hear about human beings who are unable to get along well, who have conflicts, issues, violence, problems, whether it's in the political arena or it's in social, uh, uh, it's in the social world or in the economy, it's always the same thing. You have people whose heart has been wounded, who don't know how to heal it, and their their pain, their anger, their sadness impacts their family, their job, and and if they have big responsibilities in the in politics, in uh, in huge corporations then that's where the impact will be. So if you start healing people uh, through forgiveness, then you'll have a different president, you'll have a different uh, uh, CEO, you'll have a different colleague, father, mother, teacher, and so on. Yeah, I love that analogy. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will return with my guest today, Olivier Cleric and his new book, Healing the Wounds, of the heart. We'll be right back.
My guest today is Olivier Cleric. He has written a book on forgiveness, why it's important to understand and work with forgiving your life, your partner, your relations, and the healing benefits of this process. What do you say to somebody who says, I have no anger for anyone. I have no resentment. I had a wonderful childhood. I don't need to forgive anybody. What do you say to that person? Well, I haven't met that person to this day. Uh, To this day, what I've met is mostly people who one way or another have a level of hurt that is beyond our imagination. You would be surprised how many of us have friends or even spouses and we don't know what they went through because they never talk about it. If you, if one day you, you, you can, you can attend a forgiveness ceremony given by somebody trained in radical forgiveness, for instance, there is an amazing process. Uh, I've experienced that in France. We were like 220 people. And by the time the ceremony is over, you realize that all of us, without exception, have been wounded at so many different levels because it's inspired, I think, from Native American tradition. But it's it's just beautiful. That there's something identical that's been done in a prison, in a jail in, in the U.S. This woman is leading uh, uh, a huge circle. And, and by the time her process is over, you realize that all these inmates have been deeply wounded in their own lives before doing whatever they've done to find themselves in jails. What's a process of discovery of our wounds? Uh, I mean, this is almost a general therapy question. Uh, but without going to a therapist, you're talking about people who are helping others understand their woundings, either through childhood, through relationships, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not interested in going to a therapist, what's a, a way to find out what's hurting me, what could be influencing me, uh, what has perhaps damaged me in some way that I need to look at? Uh, well, there could be several answers to that. One thing, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier Fred Luskin, uh, who's in, in Stanford and, and works on forgiveness. And one of his ideas I find highly interesting. He talks about, uh, our grievance stories. Something bad happens to us and we make a story about that and we start telling that story every person we meet. And at some point we become this story. We don't even realize there could be another story, another way of telling what happened. And we find ourselves imprisoned in our stories, exactly like a, a, um, a caterpillar in a cocoon. We are totally imprisoned in it. And his particular approach to forgiveness allows us to change that story in the same way as someone, someone I love to, Byron Katie, I oh yeah. Okay. Well, the the four steps that Byron Katie uses are also there to free us from beliefs, free us from from stories we keep telling ourselves. And you find that in, in the four agreements as well. Uh, we have an amazing capacity to make our own unhappiness. And uh, 
And I like to teach ways that people can regain their freedom, change their stories, and look at the same events, but tell a different story. You told me you were also published by Inner Traditions. Well, you maybe you also know Dr. Luis Mail Madrona. I've heard uh, the name, yeah. Uh, I translated two of his books in French. One is called Coyari Wisdom, and the other is called Narrative Medicine. And he's a yeah. fascinating guy. He's a doctor. Uh, he's a psychiatrist. He's, he's so many things. And he said that when he trained with um, men and um, women doctors in, 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 uh, in um, Native American tribes, they told him, we are made of stories. But these stories we can change. And he's been healing people for the past 20 years by helping them change their stories. Mm -hmm. And I find there is so much freedom that is offered us in changing our stories. And what glues our stories together are precisely the anger, the sadness, the resentment. So if we find a way to release these emotions through a forgiveness process, then changing the story becomes so much easier. I, I love that. Uh, in every country, there is a uh, a male machismo where it's like, you know, I you know, forgiving anybody is it's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. Why? Why do I need to forgive? I uh, I'm tougher than that. Why does that not work? Why, why, why should even the machismo types consider, uh, the benefits of, of forgiveness? Well, because first of all, it's wrong. <laughs> and Gandhi said that very well. He said, uh, forgiveness is not for the meek. It's for the strong. It requires great strength, great inner strength to be able to say, please forgive me. I, I did something wrong and, and to be able to let go and, and open up, it requires a kind of strength that is maybe not what we assimilate to that word. We think being strong is being like, like you say, macho, uh, uh, and, uh, but uh, I think women have a strength that, uh, a lot of men don't have. Uh, and that's why life comes uh, through them. Uh, because bearing a child and going through, uh, uh, uh giving birth to a child, um, I mean, even uh, genetically, physically, uh, I mean, uh, men die younger and more often than, than women. So there is a specific, I call it yin, yin and yang. There is a, a yin strength in being able to let go, in being able to forgive. I think it's a huge strength. Uh, and I think a lot of men are actually discovering this. Uh, there is a more and more men that are turning towards uh, personal development, spirituality, and, and so on. Yeah. But it will probably take uh, a little longer uh, until we get rid of the old John Wayne stereotype. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, can you give us a couple of examples of people that you've worked with that came in, maybe had a topic, uh, a parent who was difficult with them or whatever, the before and after, maybe a case study of somebody who was able to uh, uh, verbalize the healing? Uh, I know a lot of cases. Most of them are not of people who've worked with me for a very simple reason. The process that I teach does not require people to share 
what they suffered. But as I said, I used to organize uh, a big conference in France with every year 20 speakers from all around the world who came and shared their stories. And some of them I'll never forget. And if you want to read, I say this to our listeners, if you want to read a variety of amazing and beautiful stories, go to the uh, Forgiveness Project website. It's in London. You have over a 100 stories from all over the world, from all social classes, all all types of, of men and women, and it's so inspiring. Uh, one story that comes to my mind immediately is from someone who came a, became a dear friend. Uh, her name is Mina, and uh, she she went through a very difficult divorce process over thirty years ago. So bad, actually, that uh, she had to to go to the hospital because she was exhausted. And while her husband was alone at home with her two uh, children, four and six, uh, he decided to put an end to his life. So he opened a bottle of gas um, in the house and uh, with his two children. And in the middle of the night, the small town where uh, they lived, uh, there was, um, uh, you know, when there's no more electricity for, for a while. And when the electricity came back, there was a spark. And the whole house blew up. So by the morning, she had lost her children, her husband, her house, everything. And all that was left was the letters that he had sent to all their friends and families saying, she's the one who's responsible for all this. Oh, my God. So by morning, she didn't have a life anymore. She seriously considered suicide because there was just nothing, absolutely nothing left of her former life yeah and um and this woman uh followed an amazing path over the the seven next years she was helped by a man i don't know if he's uh, also as well known is in, in the u.s as in france he's called is martin gray uh this man lost twice his old families and he wrote a book that has been translated in in dozen languages so he was one of the first person to help her along the the way but when you meet Mina today, she, she this path that took seven years for her to reach forgiveness. Um, I mean, when you look at her today, she's truly an incarnation of joy. You can't even think that this woman lost two child of four and six. Because like an alchemist, she has changed that lead into gold. And, uh, and today she, 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 she teaches, she gives you workshops and she shows that we can recover even from the worst thing. I mean, this is something we would not wish our, our enemies to lose a child. And she recovered from that. She changed that. And, uh, uh, I mean, is she noting to you that she is using the forgiveness process in different layers, for lack of a better word, to kind of continually release the bitterness, the hate, the anger behind the loss of her children? Well, not only that, but there there came a point in her life where she was able to transmute that. Uh, so not only uh, does she feel no resentment any, anymore, no hate anymore, but she feels gratitude for the way this has allowed her to transform herself. She told me one day she was with a uh, a person, how do you call that? Clair- clairvoyant? Yeah. Who, yeah. And 
at some point in the, in the conversation, this person tells uh, Mina, uh, I see two kids uh, besides you uh, around five, six years old. Um, so, of course, it was the, uh, her children. And, and the clairvoyant woman says to Mina, they're telling me that they came to help you become a great lady. Oh, God. And when you see what kind of amazing, beautiful, uh, shining woman Mina has become, so there, there is no resentment because she can feel the, the, the wisdom, the love, the, the meaning of something that at the time was just the most horrible thing that could ever have happened to her that for a woman to lose her young children like that and, and in those circumstances would crush most people uh yeah. and leave them emotionally disturbed for for the, for a lot of their life so, so you're suggesting that uh, you know obviously there's other therapies involved with somebody who has this kind of a crisis but the forgiveness aspect she talks about in your words uh, is it was critical for her recovery. Of course, that that made all the difference because she could have become a bitter woman and spend all the rest of her life, you know, in 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 misery, in pain, in suffering. Uh, whereas forgiveness gave her literally a new life. One of the other definition I use forgiveness, I call it the revival of love, the reserve of re- resurrection of love, love that was dead, love that was killed by something horrible that happened uh this love like the phoenix suddenly arises from it, its ashes and i've seen that countless times i've seen that with jean paul samputu who is a survivor from the uh, rwanda genocide he lost all his family there and again you see some somebody who turned uh lead into gold and uh, and who managed to change that? Uh, uh, there's one story I think that is told by Desmond Tutu, you know, the um, Archbishop of South Africa that was with Nelson Mandela, and he mentions a story that happened in the U.S. A couple that was driving in their car, they had their two uh, daughters in the back seat, and suddenly this drunken woman uh, didn't did not uh, stop at a stop sign, and and killed the, the two daughters behind. So of course the couple was absolutely devastated and uh and well luckily this woman recognized that she was dr- driving drunk and and she she took full responsibility which for what she did she went to prison for I don't know uh, how many years and at some point the couple said well she's going to be released like in a month uh it's not possible for us to meet her by chance in the streets uh, like that, we, we need to do something before that. So they went to the prison where she was. They asked uh, to, to, to be able to meet that woman. And when they met, the mother who had lost her two daughters looked at that woman. And the two just hugged each other and cried together for minutes and minutes and and then the woman who had spent these years in prison said, you know, I, I, I can't give you back the, the life of, of your daughters, but I've decided that as soon as I'm out, I'm going to go in all the high schools and junior high and and teach about the importance of not driving drunk, the importance of, 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 of what, what can the consequences be of that. And then the mother of the daughter said, well, if you're going to do that, then I'll do it with you. Oh my God, that's a very powerful presentation. I can imagine 
Yeah. And yeah. so this wow. woman and, and this drunk, well, former drunken driver, were going through the various high schools and, and schools of, of their states. You know, can you imagine the impact on the kids watching these two women stand oh side by side? Yeah, that that would be extremely powerful, uh, emotional too. <laughs> would be yes. a, a mind blowing. Uh, the book we're talking about is healing the wounds of the heart, and my guest is Olivier uh, Cleric. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the obstacles uh, that people run into. Uh, I mean, I can I can think of one or two, one being, you know, I don't have any problems. You know, somebody is not acknowledging that they've been on the planet for decades from a young person growing up and and then into adulthood, not recognizing that there's influencing influencing them uh, and hurting them on subtle levels. What, that's one obstacle I can think of. But what are some of the other obstacles? Well, the the first one that I always mention in my lectures and workshop is, uh, you know, forgiving is not condoning. Uh, it's not because I, I reach forgiveness that I say, oh, it was okay. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Non-condoning. Yeah. No, it, that's not what it means. Uh, if you understand forgiveness as healing your heart, it doesn't mean you lose your mind. You can heal your heart and you can have a very clear mind and say, okay, my heart is at peace. But what you've done is not okay. We live in society. There are laws, there are rules, and you need to face the consequences of what you've done. So uh, I think a lot of people think they, they'll be, never be able to forgive because they feel that if they forgive, it means that they're saying to the person they're forgiving, they're saying to them, oh, it, it's okay. You know, let's have a drink. Let's forget about all this. No, 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 no way. Forgiving is just healing my heart, and I can be very clear about how 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 bad something was. Um, but I, but I have my heart at peace. So that that's something really important because I've seen that you know every time there there has been like uh, in France you know th those terrorist um, action that happened in 2015. Uh, if anyone starts talking about forgiveness in the days or weeks after that, it's not understandable by the people who've been victim of that because they feel. Like what we're saying is that it's okay. Uh, they can get along with it. No, that's not the idea. Uh, forgiving, the only thing it means is let us find a way to heal our hearts. And if my heart is healed, then my thoughts will be clearer and I'll be able to decide what needs to be done uh, with the, the, the person or the, or the people who've done something wrong. Yeah, fascinating. Talk, if you can, uh, Olivier, on the healing process. We don't understand subtle energy. We don't understand. We talk about auras and uh, 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 the different chakra systems of the body. But when we are healed by forgiving, in, in as best you can in whatever language you can give us, how is the process interacting with the body is it that the pain on some level is released out of the body out of the psychic 
energy out of the aura. How would you say the healing takes place? And this is a weird question, but I'm I'm just curious because we can't explain what an emotion is. We know what it is in a language, but you know, what, what is the energy behind the emotion? What, what does that do to the body when you're holding anger, holding resentment, holding hurt? And to release that, it's easy to talk about, but what's the healing? Well, I like to use metaphors. And I mentioned a while earlier the idea of uh, grievance stories mentioned by Fred Luskin. And before that, I mentioned the idea of a cocoon. Uh, we create cocoons around us when we create these grievance stories. And, and this cocoon becomes like an abscess that is full of, uh, emotional pus and oh, we are being that. poisoned by that. And when we find a way to heal, suddenly this cocoon cracks open. The abscess is open. The, the pus is released and our inner butterfly something that has changed inside us through that whole process can open its wings and start to fly and that's why one of the amazing things is that people who reach forgiveness i mean their lives are so changed i can tell you one thing during the 12 years i've dedicated to forgiveness in my life i have met the most amazing and most beautiful persons ever mm-hmm. because having to work on something so hard as what they've been confronted to has given them an opportunity to totally transform in the same way as a caterpillar has nothing to do with a butterfly. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. only a different being, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I so think... you're talking about metamorphosis, you know, actually yes. complete changes of uh, person, person, persona. Yeah, because you release the story, you release the image uh, of who you thought you were. I think one of the book of Byron Katie is called Who Would You Be Without Your Story? Now, that's a great question to ask. Who would I be if I stopped telling the same story, believing the same thing? And, and, and in that story, so many uh, uh, difficult emotions, anger, resentment, grudges are trapped. And the more I tell the story, the more I imprison these emotions. When I release the story, they all fly away. They're gone. Yeah. And suddenly I find myself with an inner freedom that I never dreamt I could access. And you also, in the very beginning, mentioned that holding these wounds and hurts and everything can lead to disease process, you know, can yes. lead to... Who knows? You know, uh, it could be a cough turns into pneumonia, turns into lung problems, and then it, the worst is cancer or something. We, you know, it can be really uh, uh, deadly. So the emotions are just as important to work with as a physical wound. Yes. Right. Yeah, let me tell you a funny story because it's a very recent one. Uh, one of the circle of forgiveness facilitator told me that she, she had this little old lady who came to her circle and it was the first time. And at the beginning of the circle, there were testimonies from others who had been there the month before. And one woman said, I was so surprised during that month to see so many people call me or send me an email saying, please forgive me for this or forgive me for that. They didn't know I had done a circle of forgiveness, but it's like if they felt it and, and they wanted to be part of this forgiving process. So the little old lady is listening to that and says, oh, that's how it works. Great. So at the end of the circle that she participates, she comes home and she makes a list 
of all the people who have to call her or write her an email uh, uh, before next month to say, I'm sorry, I apologize, please forgive me. And she comes back the next month and she tells uh, this uh, particular woman leading the circle, well, your thing, it's not working at all, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, is that so, says uh, this woman. She, uh, and the, the, the lady says, yes, I came back home, I made a list, but none of these people called me, none of them wrote me to, to, to say I'm sorry and please forgive me. And then she mentions just sideways, and I, I must tell you too, I'm pretty tired today because uh, yesterday evening I went out and I danced for four hours Now, this hadn't happened to me for 15 years because I had so much uh, pain in my joints that I couldn't dance anymore. But I don't know why. After my first circle of forgiveness, I could dance again. <laughs> she didn't even know she'd been healed. <laughs> no, all she could see story. is what she didn't get. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Oh, this is great. We could talk forever about this. Uh, I want to mention to our listeners, this book just came out. Uh, healing the wounds of the heart. Uh, Olivier, give us uh, your website. How can people get a hold of you uh, and and learn more about your work? Uh, I, I have a, my win website is in French, but I have a, a, a web uh, website in English. Uh, it's a bit long to spell, but I'll try to 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 spell it for our listeners. First part is gift of forgiveness, all attached. Dot. Olivier Clerc, that's my name, O-L-I-V-I-E-R-C-L-E-R-C.com. Gift of Forgiveness, OlivierClerc.com. I'm going to put this on the um, posting for the information when you go to download this uh, this podcast. You can see this website. You're also on Facebook. It's uh, Olivier.Cleric.54. So you go to Facebook and punch that information in. Uh, and you have an Instagram uh, page, the same name, Olivier Cleric Autour. Yes, it means author in French. <laughs> right, exactly. Wonderful. Uh, fantastic. Oh, you have a YouTube page too here. Yes. That's a little bit more... Uh, and I have a variety of uh, of um, videos that are in English. Not so many, but maybe four or five. If they put in uh, Olivier Cleric on YouTube, will it go to the your your videos? Yes, directly. Yes, to my to my main uh, channel. Fantastic. Well, hey, thank you for joining me. This is a, a wonderful book. I'm going to have to do a deep dive uh, and really look at it a lot closer. I, I want to just close by saying that I, I w love the story of people being changed by others' presence and your early uh, life-changing experience with Don Miguel in 1999 really did set you on a unique path, didn't it? Yes, it certainly did. Yes, and I'm I'm very thankful. I'm I'm a lifelong thankful to him for for this opportunity I had when I met him. Yeah, fantastic. Olivier, much success. A real pleasure speaking with you. Well, same here. Thank you very much, Cliff. I failed to mention that this book has just come out and uh, came out in December. 
And you can actually get it on Amazon, uh, Healing the Wounds of the Heart, your favorite bookstore, or any other online book resource. It's published by Inner Traditions, but distributed by Simon & Schuster, and they're huge. So you should be able to find it pretty much anywhere. Great processes in this book, very easy to comprehend, and a lot of resources outside of simply reading. Uh, If you're like me and you don't have time to read, uh, you can kind of skip through it and then go to his website, Facebook page, or other online resources and and get that information. So that was fun. That made me think a lot. We are doing tours. Earth Ancients, Destiny, uh, Earth Ancients, Special Edition, The Archives. We promote tours. Why do we do tours? We go to ancient places. We go back in history. We see where our ancestors lived, a time when things were a little bit quieter, less hectic, no internet, no frequency interrupting our our, uh, subtleties and functionality and we go to Egypt each year, we go to Mexico each year, and we do go, go to other places. We have an upcoming tour in Egypt. It's the Grand Egyptian Tour. We do meditations. We connect with the energies there. You know, all even though we see these amazing temples, pyramids, and buildings, as well as artifacts and statuary, uh, we're all about the subtle energy, meditation, connecting with the telluric fields that are at these places. And you'll be surprised. If you close your eyes in some of these temples that we go to, you'll feel it. It's like you're plugged in. Uh, you're part of the uh, the stonework. You're, you're, you're plugged into the energy coming through. Uh, so we got Egypt coming up in May, May 2nd through the 14th of this year. And then we do Mexico. And I haven't been to southern Mexico in many, many years. We're going to be landing in Verahamosa, which is very close to La Venta. And we're going to see an Olmec world, Olmec museum, Olmec artifacts, Olmec uh, uh, buildings. And then we take a bus to Palenque. And we're going to be in southern Mexico for the rest of it. It's only a week. So it's something that a lot of people can do. November 10th through the 17th, 2023. These tours are you know, almost full, but we're taking people left and right. For more information, to see the entire itinerary, go to earthancients.com forward slash tours. We offer these tours on a number of different levels. If you're into exercise, if you're into exploration, if you're really into the ancient sites, that's one area. If you're looking for healing, for insight, for expansion, uh, consciousness awareness, these are also great tours for that because we do meditations. Uh, you can actually uh, connect with these buildings with a technique that I offer. And it is insightful. It is metaphysical. And it's very rewarding. So check it out. Uh, our annual tours, uh, May 2nd to the 14th in Egypt, November 10th to the 17th in, in Mexico. For more information and to register, go to earthancients.com forward slash tours. We have a blast. It's really fun. All right, that's it for this week on Destiny. I want to thank my guest again, uh, Olivier Cleric, his new book, 
Healing the Wounds of the Heart. As always, our team of Ruth Thomas, Mark Foster, and everyone who makes this thing happen. Thank you, my friends. Yes, and you rock. You really do. All right, take care, be well, and we will talk to you next time. Hear me out, come